the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Good morning. So let's begin with prayer. Amen. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. This is the day that you've made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. Lord, we continue to pray for your love, your mercy, and your compassion on those people who are struggling in Mexico and Puerto Rico. Lord, we pray, Father, that you would just put your angels round about them and that they would get the help they need and that they would sense the encouragement by you, Lord. Let many people come to you because of these events. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we are going through the, these holy days, that it touches the hearts of the Jewish community, that it touches the hearts of the Christian community, and, Lord, that all of us will be touched by the power of your Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and honor you for your appointed times, your times where you have told us to show up. And so we do, and we bless you for it. In the name of Yeshua, amen. So this past week, we celebrated Yom Kippur. Uh, This next week, we celebrate Sukkot with special services, including a Wednesday evening on October the 11th which commemorates the eighth day. So you ask, what is the eighth day? What are you talking about? Well, stay tuned as we unpack God's word and see his desire for us to come together on the eighth day of Sukkot and worship him. So this is also a great time for one of our rabbis to come visit your church and speak on how these appointed times are appointed to uh, are uh, important to Christians. So uh, email me and we'll set it up, rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen, 813-831-5673. She can also send out 
your uh, remaining schedule for the Holy Day services. We really thank people for coming and visiting. It it is uh, definitely a blessing to to meet new people and to fellowship, and so it's great. During this week, we celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. We build one of these large sukkah in front of our synagogue. So come by this Wednesday, October 4th, with your children and your grandchildren and help us decorate. All right. Bring palm branches and plastic or paper fruits and other festive decorations and we'll worship and fellowship, and we'll be eating pizza. How can you lose, right? Join us. Begins at 5.30 uh, Wednesday evening. Our address is 4320 Bay to Bay Boulevard in South Tampa, 33629. You can check us out on the web, uh, Uh We love visitors. Come and bring your Jewish friends. So Sukkot. Sukkot, like many of the holy days, has many names which kind of describe what it's all about. So there's Chag Ha'asif, which is the festival of ingathering, or Chag HaSukkot, the festival of booths. Then there's Hehag, which is just the festival. There's Chag Hashem, the festival of the Lord. And there's Ziman Simchatenu, which is the time of our rejoicing. So we pick up with Sukkot in Leviticus 23, starting with verse 34. It says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation or a service, right? You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days, you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation. Again, another service. And you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. Well, I think to simplify this, this portion of Scripture says that on the first day and on the eighth day, we're to do no work and we are to have services. So, come. (laughs) What can I tell you? Um, All right. It would be a blessing to have you come and uh, join us. Um. And then in verse 40, it says, And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. By the way, how long is forever? Oh, okay, good. Uh, You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths. 
that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. So we are to live in booths if we're Israelites. Uh, Those of us who are not, we still put up booths. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. We decorate these booths uh, with beautiful branches of palm trees and leafy trees. And uh, we see here that this is a statute forever. So uh, there's no uh, stopping it. In fact, we will see that when Messiah returns, that'll be kind of the last Sukkot in, in, in a sort of everlasting way. But we'll look at that in a moment. The roof of our temporary dwelling is open so that we can see the stars and we can understand that we are to rely on God as our real covering. Sukkot is another holy day where you connect the dots between the Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant. In fact, I just love the way these dots connect. So when I read this scripture, which I've read a number of times on the show, remember that the word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. Okay, we got that? Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for God the Lord is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation, my Yeshua. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of Yeshua, salvation. Oh, this to me that's one of the more amazing scriptures because in Yohanan and John in the New Covenant, John seven, thirty seven and thirty eight, on the last day of the great day of the feast, which refers to Sukkot, Yeshua, Jesus, stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Look, as Yeshua was saying this, besides Isaiah 12, which I just read, there are other scriptures which I'm sure the people, when he, they heard Yeshua, they were thinking of these scriptures like Isaiah 44, 3, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and my spring and, and my blessings on your descendants. Or Isaiah 58, 11, Then Adonai will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden like a spring of water whose waters never fail or ezekiel 47 1 through uh, 12 talks about the river of life or zechariah 14 8 where it talks about moreover in that day living waters will flow from jerusalem 
Look, during this feast of Sukkot in the first century, the Jewish people took part in a water drawing ceremony, celebration on the last day of the feast. Picture this. They would go down to the pool of Siloam, draw water, and bring it to the Temple Mount. They would pour out the water and recite Isaiah 12, with joy you shall draw waters out of the wells of salvation. So we said uh, that salvation there is Yeshua, which we refer to as Jesus. So imagine the scene at the time of Yeshua's appearance. It's likely that in the midst of the ceremony, this is when he stood up and proclaimed, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. (laughs) He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Yes, very, very prophetic. Look, Exodus 23, 15, Sukkot is one of the pilgrimage holy day festivals. So what that means is that the men were called to Jerusalem to worship. And so that's why it was so crowded there, right? Sukkot has a future prophetic purpose. In Zechariah 14, 16, and 17, it says, Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem, this is when all the world came against Jerusalem, you know, which is coming in, in the future, will go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot. Furthermore, if any of the nations on earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts, they will have no rain. So God is serious about Sukkot, but it doesn't stop there. In a sense, the final Sukkot, but really it's a continuation, is recorded in Revelation 21, 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now listen, verse 31, um, I'm sorry, 3 here. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men, and he shall tabernacle among them. That's what this Holy Day Sukkot is all about. God tabernacling with the people. And then it says, They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. In verse 4, He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. And the one seated upon the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said, Write these words, uh, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will freely give from the spring of the water of life. Look, God emphasizes his final gathering of the believers. He describes those who are written in the book of life 
And this new chapter begins with the words, it is done. That's actually the beginning because then he speaks of the new Jerusalem and he speaks of of freely uh, that we would drink the water of life. So does this excite you? The Hebrew scriptures and the new covenant coming together as one, just as Jews and non-Jews come together as one in Yeshua. This is what it is all about. Amen. Sukkot was always known as the holy day that commemorates God dwelling with his people. How fitting for the kingdom of God when it fully comes to a redeemed earth to be considered the ultimate fulfillment of this holy day. God himself will finally dwell with his people in all his fullness. The sukkah of God will be among men when Messiah Yeshua dwells as the ruler of the thousand-year messianic kingdom. And remember, if any man thirsts, let him come to Yeshua and drink. Certainly a reason for great joy. Now, there are other things that you might consider. Uh, One, I don't want to be dogmatic about this. I don't want to say this is for sure. But it's possible that Yeshua was born during Sukkot. There was no room in the inn because it was one of the three pilgrimage holy days that brought men to Jerusalem, the surrounding area. And very possibly... Uh, We call it a manger, but he might have been born in a sukkah, right? And if the shepherds were tending their flock by night, it's very cold in December in in that area. So it's more likely to have been in October. Uh, That would make the conception uh, at Hanukkah time, which is interesting to ponder, because Yeshua being conceived as at the time of the Festival of Lights, and he being a light to the world. Hmm, something to think about, right? Some traditions, both in the Jewish community as well as the Messianic community, is to have each evening of the feast a service using a lulav and etrog. Now, the lulav is a palm branch along with myrtle and willow that are combined. Also, the etrog, which is a fruit, a citron fruit, looks like a lemon. They are wrapped together in order to be handheld for waving in every direction, symbolizing the harvest and God's omnipresence over his world. It is also a tradition teaching that each of the species parts of the lulav represents a different kind of person. And by the way, when I say tradition... You know, it means that it is not from Scripture. So, but I think that it's interesting to hear some of the traditions as well. So that's what I'm giving you. The etrog, remember the fruit, which tastes sweet and has a delightful aroma, represents a person with knowledge of the Torah and good deeds. The lulav, which comes from a date palm, has a fruit that tastes sweet but has no fragrance. And some people have knowledge, but no good deeds. The myrtle is just the opposite, having nice fragrance, yet no taste, which represents good deeds without true knowledge. And the willow, since it possesses neither taste nor smell, represents the person who lacks both knowledge and deeds. 
Uh, though this doesn't seem to have a real purpose in the explanation, for us, perhaps, it's a reminder that faith without works is dead, James 2.17. So remember, as we finish uh, talking about these fall appointed times, that they are a picture for us to think about expectantly. You know, the spring holy days have been fulfilled. The fall holy days have not been yet fulfilled. What do I mean? Well, Rosh Hashanah, the shofar blast, and the Lord returns. Yom Kippur, the final moment in time to accept Yeshua, the final atonement for your sins. And Sukkot, God gathers up in order to tabernacle with his people. And what a beautiful thing that God brings us all into to be with him. Fantastic, isn't it? One day we will see these holy days and we will understand that they too have been fulfilled. As a personal spiritual review, these appointed times could represent our daily lives with the Lord. And those of you who have heard my teaching uh, on the R's, I have nine R's that uh, I believe describe spiritually, in a sense, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. So this is the way it goes. Rosh Hashanah, we are to reflect as we get quiet before the Lord. Rosh Hashanah, we are to recognize our sins. Rosh Hashanah, we are to repent of our sins. Yom Kippur, we are redeemed as our sins are forgiven. Reconciled. Yom Kippur, we are reconciled to God and to man. Yom Kippur, we are to receive God's love and mercy. Sukkot, we are to rejoice in the Lord. Sukkot, we are to remember the Lord. And Sukkot, we are to retell about the Lord's love. So those are my nine R's. And you know what? The results are three more R's. (laughs) We become renewed. We become refreshed. And we become revived. So... I just think that is very, very, very exciting. Well, we've come to the end of the program today, and there are a couple things I would mention to you. If you'd like to get a copy of the nine R's, which helps summarize the holy days from a personal spiritual application, please just ask Karen to email them to you. She'll be happy to do it, no cost. This, as I've said to you the past few weeks, is a great time for one of our rabbis to come and visit your church and speak on these appointed times. You've heard it, but the people in your church haven't. And maybe your pastor even doesn't know or hasn't received this information. So email me and we'll set it up. Email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 
888-528-5673. And she'll not only send you out the remaining schedule of the Holy Day service, but she can set up one of our rabbis to come to your church. We'd love to do this. Finally, come by this Wednesday with your children and grandchildren. That's October 4th. Help us to decorate the sukkah. Bring palm branches and plastic or paper fruits and other festive decorations. We'll fellowship and we'll eat pizza together. Join us. It begins at 5.30 this Wednesday. Our address is 4320 Bay to Bay Boulevard in South Tampa, 33629. Don't forget Wednesday 11th, our 8th day service, and Saturday, October 14th. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, That's our Simcha Torah service. Check us out on the website, shereshdavid.org. We'd love for you to bring Jewish friends. I pray that you will grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah. Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.